Wings spread wide, coming through angelic. Frankincense and myrrh be the essence, you can smell it. Rocking different colored stones, niggas think I'm psychedelic. Asiatics can never be gods, let them tell it. Cosmetically groomed, suede blazer with speed shoes. Smooth, don't have to prove that I pay dues. My track record speaks for itself. You hear the language, the dignity you see me with now. Came in the game with, I hang with Imperial, you know who's wine, Kenobi's. Light bodies, etherically mobile, spiritual OGs, riding around. My words become things, all hell the king, now I got them walking on water Covered in the blood of the Christ, a rubber glove and a knife Prophet Muhammad came to restore the order Spectators sit back and watch, slave ships pull off the dock Demigods round up the flock, time running short Got a race against the hands of the clock 2020-something, pull it off the lot Post it on any block, you say a henny shot Pour a libation for the fallen, it's been a lot of death Theft, right over left, heart of a line Lying right under my chest, that's a godlike Prolific, godlike, money longer than sloth and ass The flock type, meditation, slap boxing with Satan New air time. It's so divine. I put my life on the line. Allow made me so I'm built for the grind. New air time. The truth to find the seven chakra in line. I feel we finally coming out of a bind. New air time. A mastermind take you up on the climb. You know the science, see the symbols and signs. New air time. It's all sublime. Put it all in my rhymes. And if you're seeking, then I know you're gonna find. New air time. It's so divine, I put my life on the line Allow made me so I'm built for the grind New air time The truth to find the seven chakra in line I feel we finally coming out of a bind New air time I shine like a Cuban link That polo snoop beach the nine and the design of me I'm wise like I designed a sphinx Was born a righteous king To rule from New York to Mozambique Alright, Peace Wars Hopefully everybody can hear Make sure you go and support Those artists that were playing Once this is over Go on and rewind this back Watch those clips again Make sure you go and subscribe To everybody's platform um, Spotify, all of that good stuff now, today we have a special guest, our brother uh, Devante Bennett Bay. He's an author, he's a father. He's going to be speaking about fatherhood. Brother actually wrote a book about fatherhood. Um, this topic really should be of the most importance to all of us because the Moorish family is sacred. Right? It's so sacred that we should be willing to fight for our family. Anything coming to try to destroy, um, break up our household, whether it's from within or the outside world, we should be willing to fight as warriors to keep our family together. And you know, um, in all honesty, as Moorish American Muslims, as part of our religion, we're bound by law as men to protect and provide for our families. So this is definitely something that should be of the utmost importance for all of us and we all need to understand what the family's really about and also what being a father's really about because like the roles that we have the things that we do often get pushed to the margin you know is the role of the father just in general gets laid down so this is going to be very important so i ask it I always ask this for everybody watching please hit the like and share button um before we get started though we always give honors here Bryce giving the highest praise to the most high the creator our father god a lot whatever you call the creator over here we say a lot 
give honor to our divine prophet, Noble Drew Ali, for bringing us our divine creed and nationality, for helping us to uplift ourselves, fallen humanity, and we give honors to the forerunner, to the prophet, Brother Marcus Mosiah Garvey, and honors to everything Moorish, honors to all the light bringers out there. Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to True and Living Light Bringer Moors in America. As always, I'm your brother, Louis Douglas Self also known as Sharif Ali here. We are uncovering and bringing glorious light to all issues pertinent to the Moorish American paradigm. And some of these issues that are important to the Moorish American paradigm, like what we're talking about today, this, is, this, this should be of the utmost importance to everyone, regardless of what your ethnic background is. But um, that's what we do here. We uncover, we shine light in the darkness. That's what we do here at Moorish in America. So hopefully everyone is having a great afternoon if you wouldn't mind please share this broadcast share it with your family and friends when we come back here we're going to expand further on the topic you don't want to miss it so relax grab your popcorn share this in other words grab a friend and um you know how we do here if you don't if you're new here you're about to find out don't go anywhere yeah. Hey, five on the right, two on the left, man. You know what time it is. We just moors in America, soar through the shores and endure criminal acts of war on our character. Seven years after the fourth score, no reward. Shout out to the most courageous, they was jumping over barriers. Where does that compare to you? We come from a place where you scared to visit our area. We come from a place where it's scary for good Samaritans. Heavy luggage we carrying, babies having babies. It's crazy being American. Praise the one and only Allah. There's no comparison. La ilaha. Allah, body and very gin, laughing at you clowns like ha-ha, dodging a Nephilim, conquer lower self with a high, follow your regimen, way before they came we were gods and now we specimen, tried to take the light from our eyes, thank God for Edison, then they put the wool on our eyes, it's so embarrassing, now we travel frequently, we should invest in Sheraton, all of us got gold on our bodies whenever we stepping in, screaming Ramadan, Mubarak, training the flesh again, wishing we could move as a unit, just like the Mexicans, dodging all the foods with estrogen, synthetic medicines, all sin is devilish. Sometimes the decisions that you make come for a better gift. Sometimes when you sin is to relate to all your brethren. Heavenly gates all in our face, we the champions. We live in the sky, we see the angels on the chariots. Waiting on the $20 bill, face a Harriet. I bet you I'ma carry it. I'm in love with music to the point I wanna marry it. But my love for people is greater, so I write messages. Largest spending power, but we still sit at a deficit Living amongst prejudice, even at our residence Moors in America, flourishing, excellent Let's buy up some neighborhoods and grow my own president Yeah And I come to you today With all intentions of spreading Love Truth Peace, freedom, 
everybody that's here um just want to ask one more time before we really get started everybody click that like and share button we're glad that you're here this is a very important topic i think something that can um all of us should be able to relate to whether you have children or not um today we're going to be speaking with brother Devonte bay <clears throat> excuse me Devonte bennett bay we're talking about top of uh, fatherhood and family just in general um this brother is the author of four steps to engage fatherhood He's also a father of three and a husband of 10 years. And um, he's got a lot going on. Uh, the links are in the description for this brother's website and also to link up with him on online, right? So make sure you check out those links after this broadcast. We're going to go ahead and bring this brother in. Um, peace, brother. It's, it's, it's great to have you on here. It's peace, definitely bro. a pleasure. Oh, yeah, Definitely man. a pleasure. Um, I just want to say, before um I ask you anything, man, um it's it's great like just being um friends with you on Instagram or following you on Instagram, you know, and seeing the pictures you share of your beautiful family. It's it's amazing and that's powerful. Just that imagery, just you know, doing things with the family, just things that we tend to take for granted, man. It's powerful. And um we don't really see images like that portrayed in the media that often, or you know, just in general, you know. And um, I know just growing up and just being a young man, um, there were times like where I knew people and didn't even know that they had a family, (laughs) children, you know, people (laughs) kicking it, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, but um, please, please, brother, um, tell us something about yourself. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, and um, what led you to writing a book and just just let us know about you, brother. Oh man, uh, well, my name is Devontae Bennett Bay, uh, or sorry, I am Devontae Bennett Bay, you know how it goes. Uh, I'm very grateful to be here, first and foremost, man. Like, this is, this is long awaited. This is, this is a blessing to be on this platform, be able to talk about fatherhood and how it pertains to our specific lifestyle as Moors, man. This is actually, I think, the first time I've really gotten to have this opportunity to do this. So I'm, 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 I'm pumped, I'm excited. But uh, I'm 28, I'll be 29 this year in a couple of months. I've been married for 10 years. This will be the 11th year this year. What else? Uh, I'm an ex-Marine. I served five years in the Marine Corps. I got out in 2017. I went to work for a couple other companies when I got out, and I realized that I did not like working for anybody else. I was just completely done with it. I didn't like being away from my family. Uh, Man, (laughs) I I really did not like being away from my family. And um, I was just... I was tired. I was fed up. I was I was ready to do something different. I was ready to come in and kind of be more involved with my sons. At the time, I had two sons. I had my oldest was I think about six years old. My youngest was like two, some something around those lines. And it was just a, I was missing out on more, so much of their life, so much of their first experiences and whatnot. I had already missed out on tons of life from my, of my oldest from being in the Marine Corps, but. I just couldn't have that with my second with my second child. And so I decided I actually got fired at one point in time and I decided not to go back to work. Me and my wife decided to just start focusing in on our business. We started out with doing photography and that led to us kind of getting into the social media field. 
my son, actually, my oldest, was in the social media field pretty young. He was doing comedy videos, and my, my wife was trying to get him into acting. And that boosted us or boosted up people to start asking questions about our family lifestyle and kind of how we did things. And we just decided to start sharing it. Um, I went back to school for about two and a half or about three years. I'm almost done with my degree. I never finished it because the business started taking off, so I didn't really have a need. I went to school for psychology, and while I was in school, I was studying I was studying psychology and child psychology, but I was mainly focusing in and honing in on fatherhood, which it's not its own it's not its own degree, there's not its own study or anything like that. But I was just really trying to hone in on that because I was trying to be a better father. I realized that there was a lot of things that I wasn't taught growing up that I had lacked like emotional intelligence, just a lot of problems and stuff that I, I realized that I needed to fix if I wanted to be the man that I wanted to be. Around the same time I actually started digging into more science. I believe it was 2018 when I first read the Quran, the Circle 7. And man, it changed my perspective of <laughs> it changed my perspective of the world. Uh it it really hit me home about how I wanted to be a father or, or what I wanted to impart to my children. It started to make me understand more so my responsibility as a father and as a husband. And yeah, that led to essentially that led to me writing the book Four Steps to Engage Fatherhood which is basically just, it's not a memoir. It's not a memoir at all. It's actually four steps based on an English project that I did while I was in school. And it was to solve the problem. We had to pick a problem to solve in the United States. And I picked fatherhood because as I was researching, I realized that basically every single, every single problem that we've been facing, they all have at least, one thing in common but the one thing the one strand that i found in common for pretty much everything was missing a father all the way down to underage pregnancies all the way up to people being in jail for life the missing link was fatherhood parent people didn't have their fathers and you know i just started studying that more and and yeah it led to me really to me writing the book to kind of introduce to fathers the importance of our job because i feel like a lot of us we don't know and you, you can't be mad at what you don't know. Can't blame people for what they don't know. Society has made it so that we don't know, you know, what our real purpose is here as fathers. But I just I wanted to change that. I wanted fathers to understand and know just how important our job really is. And it all started or it all starts with learning how to engage our children correctly and how to understand our children. And then, yeah, the rest, I guess, is how they say history. <laughs> Man, I just want to say what you're doing is powerful and it's needed. Um, some of us either didn't have examples of fathers in our life at all, or we just didn't have good, solid examples, you know, of, oh, exactly. you know, masculine, you know, fathers. And so we're just out here just stumbling, trying to figure things out, you know, and I'll just be real. You know, some of us out here like that. I might be speaking for myself right now, you know, 20 years hey, in the game, man. still trying to figure it out because, like, I don't even think I, you know, really had good examples. And I know other people like that, too. So it's like, you know, we we really like, you know, are trying to figure something out. But we don't have all of us don't have solid, um, you know, examples. It's follow. really like trying to solve a puzzle without having all the pieces. Exactly like you said. Like, we don't have the example. Like, how am I supposed to know? When I when I started studying fatherhood, not, before I even started studying fatherhood, when I started really just digging into who I was and my own 
uh, childhood and upbringing and, you know, the whole psychology part of it. It's exactly that. I was like, I didn't have good examples. I had, I think, was it my, my, my biological father? He's not in my life. He came into my life around 16 years old. I was raised by my stepfather all the way up until, until I left the house at 16. But he, uh, you know, he had his own separate issues. He didn't have his father. His father wasn't there. So he had <laughs> a bunch of childhood traumas that he basically passed down to me that I was trying to prevent from passing down to my children because I didn't, I didn't necessarily like my upbringing. But it, it's like you said, you can't – a lot of people don't have that example. Most people don't have that example. Most men – especially nowadays it's more common for or if i say now i'm gonna say nowadays but the generations prior to us to mine it was more common for your father to not be there that was a common thing like you said i i remember growing up with people and if there was two parents in the household it was like you were you were a, a rare breed especially if it was your both your biological parents man it was like you have something special there and you know you can't expect men how do you become a man when no one teaches you how to be a man? You know what I'm saying? No one teaches you how to be a father. You're just kind of learning from whatever society's given us, and society ain't giving us nothing. That's right. And to, just to add to what you're saying, like, because, yeah, for me, because um, I'm, I'm 43, so growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was like less than half of the people I knew actually lived with their mom and dad. And then, exactly. you know, there was a portion... They just, you know, live with their mom all the time. And so, right, you know, and then coming into the 90s and then the 2000s, you know, there was a shift where it was like we were being pushed to see that as a, a badge of honor. Like, you don't Bro. have a dad. <laughs> and that was like a whole Bro, other man. mind, a, a whole, you know, that was like mind control. It's like, wait, hold up. So, so there's a whole generation of men now who are adults. You know who grew up thinking it, it was yeah like like the brother said in the Bro, chat it's a badge of honor. it was yeah, hardcore it's, it's, yeah he ain't had no like, dad man, yeah man. I ain't need no dad it was just like wow yeah I'm gonna raise myself I'm gonna change my own diapers like that's, literally that's like saw, that's literally what I saw growing up and it was like after I when I when I was mad young when I was I think I was like 13, 12, 13. I actually I had moved uh. I moved to a more, forgive me for saying it, before a more black community, moved to a more black, primarily black, Moorish community when I was 10. When I got to that community, like you said, bro, it was literally a, it was a badge of honor. And I started to realize that it, we were just a bunch of blind kids leading, yeah. <laughs> trying to be like, we, we it was the blind leading the blind. It was like, okay, I don't got a dad, but this is what men do. And it was like, okay, but well, how do you know what men do when you don't got a dad? Exactly. Well, this is, and it was like, it, it, it was always like that. I remember that when I got into, I had got into, I didn't get heavy into it, but when I was 13, I had got into gangs. I wasn't really ever a part of a gang, but I definitely hung out with a lot of gang members. And it was for the simple fact that I was trying to be around more men. That to me, when I, when I got to Moreno Valley, the, I started to, I identified brotherhood with gangs because that's the only group of men i ever saw especially that looked like me that were getting together yeah. i never saw yeah. anything else and so it was like well i'm a young black man i guess i'm supposed to be in a gang yeah <laughs> and then when i got into it and i started hanging out with them i was like but no none of y'all know what none of y'all 
No one knows what's going on. Y'all just following. Like, you're just following him who's following him who he's still sitting on the block and he's been here for 20 years. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. lie. It was, yeah, it was terrible. It was, it was detrimental. Uh-huh, definitely. And that's then, like, um, that's why you, you would have the issues, like, um, I guess you'd say late 90s, early 2000s, you would have people who would be in a club and, uh, you know, somebody would get killed because somebody stepped on their shoes. You know, Literally. somebody spilled a drink on them, you know, like over fashion. People, you know, not even trying over to steal the shoes, just, oh, you scuffed the shoe. Right. You know? And right. so these are, you know, a lot of men that don't really know how to be men. And, um, you know, that's like, seriously, I'm just saying, man, that's that's a real issue. You know, it's 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 huge. Like, and it's just I can't even say it's not unexpected at this point where I am now with what I've studied. And I, I literally I give complete honors first off honors all praises and worship due to Allah because he's guided me down this path but all honors due to to noble draw Ali because a lot of the stuff that he put in the circle seven it woke me up that's that's it woke me up I was I was always on a path to try to be a better person but when I read the circle seven it really made me understand what that person was supposed to be it it started making me think like okay society is wrong everything it, it really put into perspective how rigged and set up everything was. And then I read the book called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And then I realized like, oh no, this is <laughs> yeah. this is a setup. Like it's a, it's a real setup. Like by man, design. Setting this up. Yeah. yeah, this is by design. Yeah. We, we out here getting taken advantage of. This is, it's not a, it was never a coincidence. I never thought it was a coincidence that, you know, a fatherless home led to so much problems, but actually seeing and reading in a book the definition of what they're trying to do or what they were doing and seeing it in action is a whole different story. It just oh, yeah. it completely flipped the script. It was like, man, we gotta, we gotta do something about this. That's, that's why I'm yeah. so big about trying to promote it on my platform is just because we need more of these examples. I feel like if more men, I don't even feel like I know for a fact that if more men see what we're capable of, if we know the importance and what we actually bring to the table, we're going to step up. Cause it's in our it's in our DNA. It's just we, yes. you, when you've been lied to the whole time and you don't know what to believe. It's it's like, well, I'm focused on uh, I have to provide. If I don't provide for you, how am I gonna raise you in the first place? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you know, like with what you were saying, um, just with knowing the importance of the position that we have, would give more people, you know, honor and dignity. You know, and um would take themselves a little more seriously because yeah, you're out here, you know, throwing your life away for nothing. And, um, with removing that father from the home, that's like, that's like setting a fire and then just walking off. Cause nobody's exactly. going to put that fire out. It, we're the only ones who's going to do it. Who Even if, you know, no one's going to do it. No you know? one's going to, no one's, no one's going to there. It, it, it all comes down to, to us. Yeah. I would say it all. It doesn't all come down to us, but in order for us to get society to where we want it to be, it that's what's going to involve. Like you said, it involves we don't want to go and put the fire out. So we got to start putting these fires out. We got to start going back in and re-establishing ourselves as heads of the household, but really understanding what it means to be the head. What what kind of example we're setting? Like like the brother said, what literally fatherhood sets the example. So what examples are we setting? What are we doing as men to show our 
our daughters what type of man they should look for. What are we doing as men to show our sons what type of man they should be? These are all the the parts of it that have been, I guess you could say, swept under the rug. These are the parts that most people aren't thinking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, if I could just get everybody, uh, make sure make sure that you go into the um, video description and follow this brother on social media. Also, check out his website. I did just want to show this before we get really started. Um, I saw this uh, Good Morning America that you were on there or, or that you were on the, I don't know, the website or um, you were interviewed. Yeah. yeah, they did the interview just, with me, yeah. Yeah, just speaking about fatherhood and just want to say, man, you know, just to commend you on that because we need positive examples out there and mores. I noticed they pronounced the bay oh, in there on your name oh, too as well. Like this is to. important. This is the image that needs to be out there. That Moorish American Muslims, that Moorish American men, our fathers, our husbands, we value, take care of our family, right? And I just wanted to commend you on that that article. I can put that link in the description too later if anybody wants to check that out. But definitely go and, and check this brother out um, online. Follow his um, his uh, pages, his platform, and his website. And uh, yeah, brother, if you wanted to say anything about that, please go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say like that was that was actually the first one of the very first interviews I think I ever did was with Good Morning America. And so I made them. I was like, hey, yo, it's Bay. <laughs> this is after yeah. I had I had got all my knowledge and I had really understood. I was like, nah, yeah, I'm a more. Then that was the first video I did in the turban. I was like, yeah, nah, y'all y'all putting it. Make sure you put everything out there the right way. Like I wanted it to be. I, I feel like, God, my my journey has been so. It's been very spiritual, but it's been so aligned with Allah putting me in these places to be the representation that I never had growing up. If I had known growing up, man, like that we were Morse, bro, I would have had, there would have been so many identity issues that I didn't have to deal with. There would have been so many problems. I would have never gotten into gangs. I would have never, there would have been no need. There would have been a whole, that's a whole nother knowledge of self that as a man, it's necessary to have to really understand what the purpose is, what our purpose is to have to, to gain real legitimate pride in who you are. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it, I agree. It, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's a must. Like it, it's a must. Yeah. And just, just to show honors to the prophet too, just in alignment with what you said, you know, the prophet brought us a culture, you know, like everyone else has, or many, many people, maybe not everyone, but many people have these rites of passage that the, the young women and men go through to become adults and, you know, to learn who they are, what they're supposed to be doing, ideally, you know, and that's something that we didn't have, man. So all Bro, of this is being brought back to us. It gives us, you know, it truly gives us that solid rock of salvation to stand on, right? Yeah, that you that see the prophet on, yeah, yep. in, the, in the Quran questionnaire. And um, with that, when you're standing on that solid rock of salvation, it doesn't matter where you're at in the world, where you find yourself. You have the solution. You have everything that you need to succeed, you know, to be successful and, um, you know, to, to realize your full potential. You know, so that's that's so important, man. And it's it's something that, yeah, I really think, could, you know, could give um, young men and women all over the world, you know, confidence. You know, and, Facts. you know, they can stand on without, yeah, the, this is the thing that keeps you out, those kids of the world, the, the gangs, the everything that's being pushed Literally. and promoted to us. 
Hey, what was it? It's, a, it's an old African proverb, I think it is, that says if you don't child, if you don't uh, make the child feel a part of the village, they'll burn it down. And it's like that's what's going on right now. We don't have villages. We yep. don't have villages. We don't have our culture. We don't have any of that stuff because we've been we've been indoctrinated. We haven't learned it. We haven't had the the capacity to learn it. And then the people that did know it, we didn't have the, the ability. It, it wasn't the time yet for it to be to let out. Not everybody was ready to hear it now. But I feel like we're coming to that forefront where it's like people are people are not only ready to listen, but they're taking it in and they're understanding what it is. I think I've had on my platform specifically. I've had, and I don't. I don't talk about Morris knowledge. I don't talk about it just simply because I'm not completely. I'm not as adept as I want to be. Number one, and I feel like I want to talk more about the aspect of fatherhood and husband and being a husband from the Morris perspective because I feel like that's going to bring in that just will add a, a different type of value that a lot of other Morris don't necessarily aren't bringing in just yet. But I've gotten more questions about probably about being a more <laughs> than being a father which is yeah. to me like it's crazy it's like they see the feds they see the turban they're like oh you a more oh da, 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 da. i'm like yo bro have you read the circle seven yet all right i can't help you read that book read that book first and we'll, we'll talk because <laughs> yeah. i'm like i can't tell you about the taxes i can't tell you about i can tell you about it but i can't tell you all the all the codes i can't tell you all that stuff what i can tell you yeah. is what Allah did for me and how I'm no longer the same man I was because I read this book and now I'm this outstanding father and husband. Like, yes, that's that's yeah. what I can, I can I can speak about. And so yeah, and, me, and that's is very important. That's the most important part, really. Is the personal journey to um, you know, to realize our true potential, right? Fact. That's really the most important part. That's unfortunately a, a lot of people I think leave that out, and maybe maybe it's by design. I mean, you know, people come into the information for different reasons, but it's exactly. really about realizing our true potential right uh subduing our lower self and realizing or unifying with our higher self with the higher right? self yeah yeah that's that's really what will what will uplift us all you know so that's really the most important part you know so what you're sharing you know just the the personal development that's that's the most important um of you know the the, the profit brought you know it's a personal journey for each and every one of us yeah and um Man, I think that's this powerful anyway, because you you can reach more people too. you know, just coming and speaking about fatherhood, because just once again, that's something that all of us can relate to, regardless um, of what backgrounds we have. And I think one thing about just um, growing up in America, um, the culture or the climate here has played down the role of the father so much so that it's not just a black problem. You know, it's something that affects everyone even to the point where like you have people that come here that are immigrants they come from another um culture that's strong nigerians people from I india yes hey I, hey the, the the parents or grandparents might not be with it because they they have the culture from their land but once you get here after like oh, one generation, man. it's over. <laughs> it's over. I was just talking to my wife about that. I was like, it's crazy how how we can go and know, or I, I hear people on Instagram, they'll be like, they're Southeast Asian. They'll be South, literally, I, th I think it was a Southeast Asian doctor that I had a conversation with that grew up in America telling me about the same issues that we have. I'm like, but you have a whole culture behind you. you your whole culture is behind you. How are you oh, yeah. with the same thing that we oh, have yeah. right here? And it's like, like you said, it's as soon as they get here, dude, that culture don't matter. 
all that it, it whatever yep. is getting tossed out the window. You're going to work. We're moving the father. He's going to be at work all the time. The kids are going to public school. Everyone's getting indoctrinated. Everyone's getting in with this this culture that literally society has created, and it's, it's yeah. toxic. And and it is toxic, and that's why you have people <laughs> like here from Ghana, you know, Somalia, India, and you know, and all of these places, and they have baby mamas now. Yeah. You know, they're not. <laughs> you know, they're doing the same thing. You know, like after one generation, like now you've bought into this so this is you know it's an issue like you said that it affects the whole entire community like it spreads it's a wildfire you know it's wildfire yeah it's wildfire. definitely that's and um tough. now go go ahead brother oh, no, I, was, I was saying that's that's just it's just like i feel like this this aspect having these conversations whatever or about it is what's going to bring it to that this is the firefighting this is being able to put it out because now it's, you're getting people are getting the ideas that you know we didn't not everybody necessarily had access to before yeah and um just going to your book right now the brother's book is called the four steps to engage engage fatherhood make sure you go to his website and, and get a copy of that book but um just speaking about it this book if you wouldn't mind um you you had mentioned that fathers everywhere are dealing with the misinformation of what being a father is could you speak on that Heck yeah, man. Absolutely. So I I believe 1000% that at least the last two to three generations of fathers that have lived here in the United States have been essentially brainwashed into believing that our biggest asset as a father is what we can bring to the table financially. We don't talk enough about the nurturing aspects of it. We don't talk enough about the emotional side of being a father or about what it does to the children with having your father around actually physically there impacting you like being being actively engaged not just you see him at six o'clock at night for an hour every day it's the you your your father's taking you to school your father's talking to you throughout the day your father's asking you questions these are the parts of it that we're not that we don't discuss and so these are the parts that people don't find important. We find it more important how much money am I able to bring, how what clothes am I able to buy my son, what outfits, what experiences we can give them, and we don't pay attention to how much just love and nurture, how how far that actually goes in a child's life. I believe um, one of the studies I was reading, and this is also where. I got the idea about engaged fatherhood. Uh, one of the studies I was reading was talking about the difference between children whose parents or whose fathers specifically talked to them and engaged with them twice a week versus parents who, or children whose parents didn't, their fathers did not engage with them. The children whose father engaged with them just like 30, 30 to 45 minute conversations once or twice a day, and actually was like, like talking to them. They were engaged, they were around often. They saw them, they picked up their children, they played with their children, rough house, tea parties, whatever it was that they were doing to engage them. Those children had a higher IQ 70% of the time. Those kids were able to, or sorry, those children were able to identify problems and solve problems quicker. And they had far more emotional intelligence. Uh, most of those children went on to graduate college, I believe is what it said, and 
like they had zero almost zero behavior problems and zero um what's it called uh problems at school just all around it was it was these children were literally better prepared just from having small engagements with their their fathers whereas we don't talk about we don't we don't we don't discuss it we're not talking about that we're not we're not telling our fathers our dads that right when you have your child you need to be giving them you need to be giving them uh skin to skin you need to be developing that bond you need to be engaging and just talking to them on a regular basis we don't we don't discuss it and so what ends up happening is that our children get neglected by their fathers and so they grow up with resentment or they grow up with behavioral issues like man it's it's just crazy dads solve so many issues that are dealt with at the home and we don't take advantage of that because we don't know we're literally not taught the misinformation is deep it's it's to the point where i i think you, you can probably ask damn near any father in the last 20 years what what did you every father that i've talked to on a spectrum of from ages 30 to like 75 i just had a uh interview with a man dr herbert harris the other day who he's somewhere in like 60s 70s who's telling me the exact same things that he didn't know that basically how important it was for him to just nurture his children he was under the impression that the more and more he could bring in the more income he could bring in the job all that financial stability was more important than the emotional stability that we provide just by being there being present with our children and so i wrote four steps to engage fatherhood to enlighten parents or enlighten fathers about just how important and how beneficial it is for our children if we just engage them if we just talk to them a little bit more if we focus on them a little bit more than we focus on the job if we focus on home life a little bit more Honestly, the biggest part of the, about the book is focusing on ourselves. The very first step in it is self-evaluation. And that's because as men, I think we, I, I can't even say I think, I know for a fact, it's Men's Mental Health Month, uh, Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. I know for a fact that we do not take care of ourselves, our mental health, our physical health, as much as we should have, or as much as we should. And so because we don't do that, we do not show up in the ways that we need to show up for our children. Most men work, and because we work, you're going to you're going to work from nine to five. By the time you get off, most men have a commute. Everybody's pretty much commuting somewhere for an hour, thirty minutes, whatever, in their car. By the time you get home, man, you're tired. You're tired, and you're tired because you haven't. You're probably not eating right. You're not getting enough movement because you're at work all day. You're not able to take care of yourself properly. Therefore, when you get home, you cannot even give your your son or daughter the amount of attention that they would want or that you would that you might want to give them. And you might be tired, irritated, grouchy, hungry, whatever it is, 10,000 different excuses that are valid. That's the, the problem is that they're all valid excuses. But we have to decide what's important, what's the priority. And so when we start to really evaluate what our priorities are, we get this we we got we start to see how we should be thinking essentially what what where most of our attention is going and that's where self evaluation comes into it comes into starting to ask yourself the questions of okay why am i tired why don't i have time to play with my sons why don't i have for me it was why are you fat 
I was, I think, 280 pounds, pushing 300 pounds, getting off work, and I, I, I didn't want to play with my sons. They, I'm coming home, and daddy, 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 can we play? Can we roughhouse? Can we do something? And daddy's, daddy's fat and out of shape, man. I don't, I don't, like, I don't want to play right now. I'm trying to go home. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go get in the bed and go to sleep. I got to be up again at four o'clock in the morning to get on the train to go back to work. I don't want to play right now. And it wasn't until I started evaluating those those problems, or I started looking more. I guess taking more time to evaluate myself and my issues as to why I didn't want to play, why I wasn't able to show up the way I wanted to. I was able to start making a shift. I was able to start seeing that things needed to change. My what I was eating, I needed to change. How I was eating. I can't expect to have to eat pizza twice a day and, you know, have the energy to go run and play with my sons when I get home. I can't expect to sit on a train for two and a half hours and not move, go to sleep on the train and then get home and go try to have a conversation with my child. I can't do these things. And so when I started to evaluate where I was versus where I wanted to be, I started to be able to make more changes. I started to be able to, to, to create the steps that I needed to make the changes to go where I wanted to go, to be the man that I want to be and show up for my family how I want to show up for them. I've always been uh, very, for me, raising children or raising my sons, I want them to be better than me. That's, I feel like that's probably the goal for most men, most parents in general, is to make our children better than we are. But we have to understand where we are in order to make them better and what got us to where we are. If we don't understand these things, if we don't understand these, these basics, and it makes the, the journey a lot harder. And so Four Steps is basically just a guide to help people start to understand themselves better and understand their children better. So step one is self-evaluation. Step two is observation. And that observation is not only observing our children. A big part of it is observing our children and paying attention to their likes, dislikes, their behaviors, all of those things that, that we see in our children. But it, it's also observing ourselves. A uh, perfect example would be if my son, let's say if my son, right now I'm working with my youngest on yelling. He likes to yell at his older brothers. <laughs> like that boy likes to, if he's mad, he's going to let you know. He's going to yell at you. And so I'm trying to express to him and show him that you cannot yell. That's not going to solve your problems. But while I'm expressing it or while I'm, while I'm showing him these things, I'm also realizing that I've also been realizing more that he learned his yelling of his at his older brothers for me yelling at them he's he learned i don't i might not i don't speak my children i don't get on my children but he sees daddy getting a stern voice so if daddy gets a stern voice and raises his voice a little bit to i guess express my point then i think it's okay too i can do that too the difference is though he's four he ain't got no control so while i'm yelling or, or i'm being more stern with a purpose he all he does he just sees me being stern he just sees that i'm yelling to get my point across he thinks that's what it is that needs to happen. So the observation process would go something like this. If I want you to stop yelling, where are you learning the behavior from? Okay, you're learning the behavior from me. Okay, so let me go take a step back now. Let me self-evaluate myself a bit. How can I approach these situations where I'm yelling differently so I can show you what you need to be doing so that if you see me doing it, you can hold me accountable. Daddy, you're not supposed to be yelling. And if I see you doing it, when I tell you, fix up your behavior, don't yell at your brothers, you understand, okay, you're right, we're working on that. So that's that's observation. That's how the observation process would go. It's literally, it's getting, it's getting, what, what children allow you to do is they allow you to get instant feedback. 
instant feedback to whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you're displaying, whatever emotions or actions you're displaying, they're going to display them right back at you. They're literally in a, they're literally a mirror. So if I see them doing something I don't like, I got to change myself first. And so that, that, that's that process. Then you have implementation, which is the third step. And this is the planning part. This is where, so part of observation, right, is figuring out the things that your children like to do and figuring out the things that you like to do and where they cross. A lot of times when it comes to us engaging with our children, it's hard because we live completely different lifestyles. Children are all about play. They live in their imagination. That's, that's what they do. As an adult, most nine times out of 10, we don't live in our imagination. We live in the real world at work. And work is not a fun place. So it's harder to come home and engage and get involved with your children when you don't even like the games that your children want to play. My sons used to love, um, man, I even said used to. They, they love Lego games. They just love Lego games. We love Legos, but they love Lego video games. I don't like Lego video games because they're too easy. It's boring to me. When I started to realize that, they were asking me all the time, hey, can we play Lego games? Can we play this game? Can we do this? I, and I started to realize that I didn't like that. I had to go back to the observation phase and figure out what do I like? What do we like to do? Well, I like to build Legos. Okay, you guys like Legos too. You guys obviously like Lego games. You guys like building them. I don't like the video game part of it. Let's just build Legos. And so now you go to the implementation, the implementation stage and the planning stage, and now you plan to play with Legos. A lot of, I, I, I would say a lot of the time, the biggest part about being engaged is having a plan and actually sticking to that plan. When you have a plan to engage your children, it makes it a lot easier. It takes the thinking out of it. It takes the, the anticipation out of it, and it just allows you to stay in the moment and be with them and actually be present with them, which is what it's all about. And then the last step is self-care. And this is the most important step. If you are not taking care of yourself, it goes all the way back to self-evaluation. Then how do you show up for your children? You can't show up and teach anybody with a, or you can't pour into your children if your glass is half empty already. You have to be able to refill your glass. You have to take that time to take care of yourself. And then you can give back to them. Why I have put that at the very last step is because, not only because it's the most important step, but it's kind of like the cleanup step. After I've already poured into my sons, after I've given them, I've done all this all this work to engage them and be present with them. Now I need to go back and reestablish myself. If I just spent an hour with my sons and we just played for a whole hour for this day, I'm still tired. I'm still stressed. My body still has things that it has to do to wind down so I can feel better. Now I need to go take care of myself because I don't want to do this. I don't want to be inconsistent. And Monday, Monday we're playing, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm tired because I played with you on Monday that defeats the purpose. Instead, I want to be able to be like, all right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, these are our playing days. These are the days that we're going to the park. We're going to go spend an hour at the park. I planned for this. This is, I know what's going on. Tuesday and Thursday, I'm at the gym. Tuesday and Thursday, I'm at the gym. I'm taking care of myself and doing my self-care. Friday or uh, Saturday, Sunday, it's me and mommy time. Don't disturb us. Y'all got y'all time. I got my time. Everybody got their time. It's, it's, it's balanced. And that's, that's what the book is designed to help fathers do. It's designed to help fathers bring their lives back into balance with a template that allows them to include their children and actually engage their children 
with things that they both like to do. Yeah, it, it's it's a. I'm actually working on a volume two because there's some things in there that I want to expand upon. But volume one is great. Uh, that's it's my first book. To me, it's like a it's a treasure that I, my my younger self is glowing because I've always wanted to be an author. And yeah, it's please get the book, <laughs> especially with Father's Day weekend coming up. Get the book because it's 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 worth it. It's a good read and it's it's life changing. It has a lot of information in there that will shift the thoughts of being a father. It'll shift what your It'll allow you to start seeing what you're bringing to the table, evaluate it, and then shift it, make it better, make it tear it down a little bit, restart. It just gives you a, a template, essentially. Man, everything you said was solid. I'm definitely going to get a copy of the book. I advise everyone else to, yes, um, gratitude. Yes, weekend, hit that like button free. and share. <laughs> yeah, and I'm definitely um, getting a copy, and um, I advise everyone else to make sure you go to the video description and, and go to the brother's website, get your copy of the book as well. Um, some of the things that you're saying, just um, when, when you're speaking about like the steps, the things that we can actually do to change, to make things better, you know, with our parenting and just ourselves, it sounds like Ho'oponopono, which is like one of the um, ancient Hawaiian um, spiritual traditions where you know, for the most part, when, when you want to affect change, it always goes back to yourself. It's always coming you. back to ourselves. And um, it's, it's something that we tend to, those that, even those that know better, tend to forget about. I tend to forget, right? bro. It's, it's, it's too Self-examination. Easy to it's too, it's too easy to, to forget. Even myself writing, having written the steps, I probably, like, after I wrote the book, it was like immediate test. Allah was like, all right, yo, you wrote the book. <laughs> Now we're about to test you on it. <laughs> what you what yeah. you know about your old book? Yeah. I, I started like you 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 do you instantly forget to evaluate what you're doing. And when no one, I think it's Jay Cole that says it. When when no one's checking you, it's hard to check yourself. And and most people aren't gonna check you on fatherhood. They're not gonna check you on how you're being as a father because that's that's between you and your children. And nine times out of ten, we're not. Our children don't know how to express it, express the problems that they have to us. And we might not want to hear from them because they're our children. I know for me, growing up, I couldn't tell my parents anything. I couldn't, I couldn't relay. It was communication between us was very rocky. It still is rocky to this day. But there was no ever being able to hold them accountable for what they're doing as parents. And so now as a parent, I make sure to leave the communication open for my sons to allow me to know what I'm doing wrong or what I'm doing right. That way I can continue to, to grow. They don't, you, you don't know what you don't know until you've heard it, until someone brings it to your attention. Once it's been brought to your attention, you, if you don't change it, well, that's, that doesn't look good as a parent. If I'm asking you to, if I'm asking my sons to consistently be their best and I'm not being my best, I'm a hypocrite. I can't, I can't ask you to do something that I'm not doing. At least for me personally, as a uh, in the in the military, when I was in the Marine Corps, that was my biggest pet peeve. If I had any higher up, any sergeant, staff, and CEO trying to tell me to do something that they know good and well they can't do themselves, bro, I'm looking at them like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna get it done. But what's that say about you? you now you look like boo boo the fool. You look like a hypocrite, a hypocrite, because you're not able to do what you're asking me to do. A good leader, in my opinion, is always capable of doing what he wants his 
what he wants his followers to do. I can't tell you to do it if I haven't done it myself. I'm not going to tell you to do something that I'm not going to do or that I'm not already doing. So it was the same thing with my children. If I was going to sit there, perfect example was my son called me fat. He called me fat one day. He was my oldest. I think he was like he was like five or six, and he was just like, "Daddy, you're fat." I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> it was just like a hit. It was like a whoa, bro. You're right. I am fat. Like you're right. I never thought about that. And when he told me that, it was like, okay, I'm fat. So now what I'm doing is I'm telling you guys it's okay to be fat. I'm letting you guys know it's okay to be fat. It's okay to be out of shape. It's okay to be eating crappy and, and shortening your lifespan. And I was like, that's the example I'm setting for them. So if that's not the example that I want to set, then I got to change it. If he, if he can see that I'm fat and I'm out of shape and he's bringing it to my attention, I cannot get mad at him. I have to fix it. I got I to gotta fix it. And yeah. so keeping that, taking that mindset to all aspects of my parenting, that like I, I take what my son says with a grain of salt. I, I I definitely I listen to them all the time, but I take it with a grain of salt. Like my son will be like, "Daddy, you yell too much," and I'll talk to my wife about it. We'll have a conversation. She's like, "You're not yelling. You talk to them in a stern voice, or she'll bring it to their attention that I'm talking to them in a stern voice." But it's still those things of okay, you don't like that. I need to be aware that that's something that you don't like that might that might mess up our communication. That's not going to, me talking to you in a stern voice might not be getting what I need to get across. Or it might be doing it, and you might just not like it, and you just got to get over it. But being able to have that open line of communication to where they can tell me these things, they feel comfortable telling me these things, allows us to build our relationship together. It allows us to build each other. Our children are, in my from what I've been able to gather and understanding, they're the closest and the purest thing, the most pure, under, untouched thing by society. They just, they come here with whatever knowledge that God's already given them. And so if I can keep that purity pure, then I'm doing my job. If I can keep them uh, to hold themselves at the standard that they are holding themselves at or increase that standard, then I'm doing my job. If I am feeding them a bunch of stuff that I'm not even living by, then they're just gonna they're gonna look at it, they're gonna they're gonna toss it to the wayside. They're not gonna pay any attention to it. If I if I tell them like I guess another example would be with religion. I tell my sons, tell them blue in the face, they know they're Morse. They know. They know we ain't black. They know all that stuff. But I don't force them to pray five times a day. I when I first started getting into Islam and studying Islam, I was doing it on my own. Fast forward a year and a half later my sons have seen me pray so much that when my prayer alarm goes off, they pray. I ain't even got to say nothing. They, they, are, oh, that's that's what daddy's doing. We're praying. All right, pray. Okay, everyone says a prayer. We go about it. And it's like I, I, the more and more of the positive example that we show, the more we engage them, the more we earn our children's respect, the easier it is for them to learn and the easier it is for us to parent them. Amen. That's powerful, brother. And, um, yeah, definitely setting the example. Um, a lot of things that, you know, that we just like take for granted, you know, that just we, we're setting a bad example. And, you know, I think the things that we do, like you're saying, speak way louder than whatever we're trying to tell or show. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, that consistency, man, that's important. Um, one other question, too, that I wanted to ask you um, before we uh, start to um, uh, close this down. Um you spoke about intentional parenting and marriage. Could you um, expound on that, please? Yes. So intentional, 
just just go back to that to that word right there, intentional. Everything that I try to do, I've I've realized that the more things that we do with intention, the better and closer we're gonna get to the goals that we want to have. When me and my wife first got married, we didn't really have goals. We kind of just like, hey, I love you. <laughs> I want to be with you. And so we got married and kind of got into everything. And somewhere along the lines, the first few years of our marriage, first probably at least six years of our marriage, we were just kind of going through the, the, the ropes, just, just going through routines, whatever that looked like. For us, it was, for us, it was, it was pretty toxic. We arguing a lot. We weren't being intimate with each other. We weren't really spending time with each other. We weren't doing anything intentionally. And it wasn't until 2020 where we started to really kind of live with more intention, with more of a purpose of trying to be happy together. It started off with it started off with that. It started off with let's just try to be happy. We're we're going to try to be happy together. We're going to try to be more of a unit. And then it started off. Then it changed into let's be more intentional about being in harmony. How are we going to go about living our life? How are we or how are we going to go about communicating and, and being together? Then it turned into okay, let's be more intentional about our parenting. How do we want our children? to grow up what's the goal here what's the what is the reason that we are doing this when you start to understand the reason you're doing it your why right it it allows you to develop the steps or the purpose that you need to get where you want to go and that's with every part of life so we started taking that understanding into how we were building our family and being more intentional with things that we were teaching our sons the experiences that they were getting, the time that we were spending together to build our own relationship, and then our, our time with God, our time with, as a family out and about, our, all the way down to our house, to how we're living every single day. The more purpose that we were able to put behind it, the easier it was for us to to live, honestly. It, it, made, life, it made life easier. It made it more enjoyable. It made it took away a lot of the stress, a lot of the problems that come with having to think on the fly. Everything was, I won't say everything was organized, but everything was done with a purpose. And so that allowed it to, it allowed for less mistakes to be made. It allowed for more communication lines to be opened up and created, and it fostered just a, a overall better environment. Um, I really feel like a lot of, of what society teaches us puts us into routine puts puts us into routines and just I guess you could say lifestyles that are repetitive but are not going anywhere. It's almost like being we're, we're almost like hamsters on a wheel. Uh my grandfather, I love my I love him to death. He was a CEO of UCLA Medical, but he worked from the time from since before I was born up until the time of like seventy years old. And now he he's kind of alone in his house. My grandmother has Alzheimer's, so she's not in the house anymore. And now he's just alone in a big ass house. And it sucks. It's depressing. I don't like looking and seeing him like that. But then at the same time, I look and I see that he wasn't as intentional with how he was going about living his life. A lot of the things when he started to be intentional, started to do things that he wanted to do came when he was way older than I am. He came when he was like, 50, 60 years old towards the end of his career. And that doesn't leave you a lot of life to be intentional and get your goals that you want to have and, and, you know, achieve other things that you want to achieve. So for me, it came down to, well, 
if I if I set goals, I want to be able to reach these goals. I don't want to have to work for I want to be intentional about how I'm living. I want to live how I want to live, not hurt nobody and do it my own way. And that's what that's what being intentional is. It's it's being intentional about what you're doing. It's it's having purpose behind what it is that you want to do. So, like I said, for us it looked like getting a tiny house because we wanted to travel. So it's like, all right, we want to travel. Well then I'm gonna build something that's allowing us to travel. I wanna be I want it to travel with the purpose of or sorry, it came down to why are we traveling? And we're traveling now with the purpose to learn about other cultures, other environments, expose our children to other people so that they have a higher chance of success when we get older. Why are we homeschooling? Because I intentionally want to make sure that they know the history that we should be knowing, that they know the skills that they're going to need to survive. Not just because I'm not just going to send them to public school because that's what everybody else is doing, because that's what society says to do. I'm not going to go get a job because that's what everybody else is doing. That's what society has told us to do. These are not this. That to me doesn't align with my own purpose. It doesn't align with the intent that I have for living my life. So when I was able to really start, when we started to kind of dive in and pinpoint what those goals were, what those those uh, mission statements, I guess you could say that we had for our life, we were able to start aligning our, or creating steps to put our life on track to achieving those missions. And a lot of, just, you know, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't ever think about what's the purpose of what am I living for? We're not here to live to die. That's, or sorry, we're not here to work to die. We're here to live. And so what does living look like? What is that? What does that look like to you? What is your purpose in living? Why are you here? And these these are literally all questions that like they came to me, they came to us through our relationship, through us maturing in our relationship with Allah. It it came, you know, just reading things like the Circle Seven and, and reading about uh, toil, from G- Jesus talking about toil. I'm not. <laughs> if I was supposed to be happy about work and toil and what it is that I'm doing. I need to be doing something that I actually like. I need to be doing something that's that's giving me the the feeling of it, purpose that I'm supposed to be feeling. I, mean, I can't just be doing something because that's what my grandfather did or that's what my mom did or that's what Uncle Joe told me to go do. I have to do it because it's in alignment with myself. And so that's what having that's what being intentional is about. That's what the intentional family is basically about. It's about families taking control back from society and forming their family how they want it. Their family is in alignment with what they want, with their own needs, with what they have, and they feel their purpose is in life. Yeah, it's, that's it's, powerful. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, um, I think, like, like in this society, um, like, you know, for the most part, people don't stick together, so they don't even get to that point. Where they don't, you know, you realize, hey, we we can work together, we can grow together, you know, and and then start to figure things out, you know, because like you know, if you're getting together, it wasn't really like super planned out. You don't know what you're doing, right? <laughs> you know, but if it you actually do together, you you might be surprised by what you two can overcome and accomplish, right? We we don't it's, it's, a lot of us we don't get to that point. Like we um, personally, we've been we married don't. for twenty years. And so, like, people, yeah, they're not getting to that point anymore. And, and a lot of that comes from us not really valuing ourselves, you know? At so all. We don't at, do at that. All. Yeah, there's we no way we're going to value, 
yeah, if we don't value ourselves, there's no way we're gonna value this union that we're creating and see it like like you said, you know, the world, like you know, it's it's kind of like us against the world, you know. We we have to build our legacy and secure it, and we have to bro, see it like that or no bro, one literally. That's, it's literally what it is. It's literally us against the world. It comes down to, okay, so if it's us against the world, then what are we doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, what are we? What's our plan? Because that's that's yeah. it. We don't. You look at. I know a lot of people who have children based off of a one night stand with someone that they would never been with. It's like that's because you know that's that's the not living with intent, not living with purpose. You being with this person is that aligned with your purpose? Is that this this incident that happened is now is that aligned? Is that like, are you, are you going in the direction that you want to be going? Or are you just kind of letting life hit you left and right? And you just taking whatever's given to you because the one, one way leads to where you want to be at. One way is going to lead you to your most successful self. The other person, the other way is just going to lead you down a path that you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know yeah. what could happen. Yes. Yeah. I, I hate man, living like that. that. That that might be a whole other book, man. Just bro, <laughs> living with intent, man. Bro. Seriously, man. You know, I mean, it it goes against the programming, like the mainstream programming. Just YOLO, just do whatever. Just you know, put this stuff it's, into your system. You gotta stay messed up. You need something in your legacy. system all the time. You it, gotta be under the influence. But yeah, for me, it's all about I, legacy. Like you said that word earlier, legacy. And it's literally all about legacy. Yeah. It's like if you have a, especially as a man. If you or Anna, and as a father, I, what what am I leaving behind? What's the legacy? What's the plan? Like, what's the plan? Because yeah. like, yeah. If, if I had, if I had all these kids, or if I had my my if if I had my sons, and I had my wife, and I was to die tomorrow, what what did I leave them, and what did I do it all for? Did I did I just party every weekend? Did I did I actually leave behind something that is of value? What did or was I just here? Was I just here? He was just here. It's like I don't. I don't want to be a. I was just here. I want to be someone that I, I brought value. I, I I did something. I left my family something. They're gonna be able to survive without me. They're gonna be able to remember things that Daddy did with intent. Daddy Daddy taught me this with purpose. He gave me purpose. He helped me find my own version or my own best version of myself. I don't want to be a, a well. My daddy died early, and so I guess I'm going to school because everyone else is going to school. I guess I'm going to get a nine-to-five job because everyone else has a nine-to-five job. I just, you know, he didn't leave me anything. <laughs> he, didn't, yeah. he didn't give me anything to, to help push me and motivate me or go to the next level. There was no intention behind how he raised me. There was no, my family's not together anymore because they were just together for whatever reason, and now it's split apart. Like, I don't, I've seen too much of that, and it's damaging. It's damaging yeah. to the community. It's damaging to the individuals. It's it's damaging, and I feel like it's a it's a major part of why our community, why why the society that we live in is now how it is all yeah. around. Yeah, it's it's, it's insane, and um, you know, like we we have to have that structure. You need the balance. You need the masculine and the feminine. Um, you can't just have children and just like send them out into the world just figure it out that that really makes no sense i mean you gotta have some guidance there or at least to provide a plan well here you don't know what to do you can do this and 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 figure your way out you know something and i just want to plug this real quick just um speaking with that you know for anyone out there just searching um wanting to um to uh to to pull out the the uh, potential that you have within you go to 
the uh, excuse me, go to www.40daymastersystem.com. This is a book that my wife and I wrote a while ago, uh, several years ago. It's not just a book. It also has an audio system that uses neuro-linguistic programming to help you realize the power, the hidden potential that you have within yourself. And that's 40daymastersystem.com. You can uh, download it. You can put it on your phone, computer, whatever. And um, this is a powerful. Myself, uh, just, <laughs> yeah, it only takes 40 days really to um, to pull out, uh, uh, you know, effective um, change within yourself. So um, I advise everybody to go and get that www.40daymastersystem.com. We actually wrote that while living overseas in Brazil. We uh, hey. we moved out there with the children and everything. But um, and th- this just going back to what where, where you're at, like I think it's powerful. Um, it's great to meet um, you know, other other fathers, other families, right? That you know they see the importance of family, holding things together, going through your journey in life together, and growing together. You know that that is a powerful thing. Um, I think it's some it's 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 crazy that like nowadays most of us don't even realize how how powerful that is. You know, to grow with somebody, especially if you're similar ages. You know, we we're going through all of these things, and even though together. we're two different people, you know, to do it together, man, it's powerful. That's it's something powerful. that we should cherish and and not allow anything to tear that apart. And um, it 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 multiplies the power that we have, you know, individually, right? Exactly. Because exactly. two shall agree together. Like you, you can you can accomplish anything. Um, anything. Just Literally. going back to that, oh, and, and then especially Literally. bringing children into the picture, you know, right? This is you know, it's of the utmost importance that we begin to realize the power of our families and you know the importance of working together as a unit. And I know everybody's not together, but still working together as a unit, you know, as to raise unit. our children. We don't you know? we don't realize that that that's the like it's it's literally it's a unit. Uh, being military, when I realized I had three sons, the first thing that came to my mind was we have a fire team. I was like, I have a fire team, dude. I have a whole I have a legitimate team yeah. that I can train, I can teach, I can build upon, and then when they come of age, they are assets. They're assets. And it's like when you when you don't identify that your family is like you said, it's the unit. It, it, it is the unit. It's the it's it's the unit. It's not just a unit. It is the unit. It's your unit. It's your. There's so much strength in it if you just tap into it. If you really just pay attention. Yeah, man, that's powerful. I think that's a great way to um to uh end this broadcast, man. Um, wow. Uh, definitely, people, go back, rewind this, watch it, and also go to the links in the description. Get a copy of this brother's book. Um, you can get that on the website. Everything's in the description. Uh, as we close out, though, brother, if there's anything that you would like to share, please feel free to speak. Man, just be intentional, honestly. Um, I got, I'll drop this one last thing because me and my wife, we just dropped our in, our intentionally intimate 30-day uh, sex fast book. But I've, I've, I want to say, guess, about being intentional is – Everything that you do, do it with intent. A lot of we since we've dropped this book, we've seen a lot of people that I'm talking about sex because it's, it's it's what the book's about. But we see a lot of people that have talked about how they don't have sex in their marriage, they have a sexless marriage, and they've been doing it for a year or so, and nothing has ever changed. And the thing about what I've really come to realize about with being intentional is when you do everything with intention, including like that's why our I feel like our 
our book is so important, especially right now, is that we chose to intentionally not have sex and replace it with something else because it was by intent and the transformation came from the intent. Just live more with more intent all the way around. Don't do anything unless you do it with a purpose, with intent, with, with some, with knowing the goal that you want to obtain at the end of it. Don't just do it just to do it. If you, if you work in a nine to five job, man, work the nine to five job and understand what the purpose of the job is. Do it with intent, do it with purpose, do everything with purpose. Keep the purpose in mind. Amen. Amen. And you don't even have to have all the steps figured out. Just know what direction you're going to go in. Direction. That's yeah. it. Just know the direction. That's it. That's step one right there. Know the direction. Know where you want to go. Everything else will stop coming. Yeah. And, and man, all trust right. God. Trust a lot. Yeah. Man, for real. Trust a lot. Like, just trust a lot. That's, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> have faith. <laughs> yeah. Man, gratitude. Gratitude for coming on here and sharing. It's been man, a pleasure, man. Um, Sure, we will collaborate again in the future. Everybody, yes, once again, will. just go to the description to follow this brother and to check out his website, get a copy of his book. Um, it's been a pleasure, brother. And on that note, we're gonna go ahead and close this out. All, All right, right man. Peace. thank you, thank you. Peace, have a good one, brother. All right, peace. Fezcaps blends Moorish style with modern streetwear hats. The cutting-edge design features Moorish symbols with a silk tassel on the dome of the cap. More than just a fashion statement, Fezcaps represents something powerful and ancient within you. Go to Fezcaps.com to order your Fezcap now. Don't let your history start at slavery. Join with Moorish Science Temple a lawfully charted Islamic organization and proclaim your nationality while helping us uplift fallen humanity. Founded by American prophet Noble Drew Ali and consistently promoted plans for the betterment of humankind. We are located in Columbus, Ohio. Visit our website www.moorishamericans.com and follow us on social media. We hold live meetings on Zoom every Friday and Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Give us a call at 614-407-4394 if you would like to join or send donations to help us uplift fallen humanity. Hey, Moors, make sure to check out this Airbnb description. All you have to do is uh, type the... Uh... The title you see up here, Charming Moroccan Theme Getaway. This is Moorish American-owned uh, Airbnb, and it's in the Pacific Northwest. Let's see, Tacoma, Washington. Make sure you check that out. You can just type those words, Charming Moroccan Theme Getaway. Uh, we'll see if we can put that link in the description, and that is available. So anybody that's going to be in that area, Tacoma, Washington, make sure you check that out. Moorish American themed and owned and operated Airbnb. Uh, once again, two more is want to tell you, make sure you get a copy of the 40-Day Master System. This is digital. You can download it to your device. This is for personal development, um, bringing out the power that you have within you. You don't believe you have that power. You do. Everybody does. And that's www.40daymastersystem.com. You can download it to your phone. You can um, also put it on any device. 40daymastersystem.com. Peace. Highest quality handmade fezzes. 
crafted fez with the finest wool, complete with tassel and leather sweatband. Wear the national headdress of Moorish Americans with pride and respect. 3XL size fez is a comfortable fit for brothers with dreadlocks. Shipping worldwide. Go to moorishfez.com to order.